0: All right, we're going to open the Word of God, but just before I turn to my first scripture, I um, just want to make mention uh, of uh, of the item we just did then. There, a lot of people may not be aware, but... Um our brother Michael Wooldridge and, and sister Beth, Michael's got a uh, quite an amazing testimony that um, a little while ago uh, he wouldn't have been able to get up and, and do something like that. It's daunting enough for any of us to get up especially try and sing something like that, but um, just a particular testimony that he has, So uh, just to encourage anyone who doesn't know it to catch up with him after and, and ask him about what the Lord's done for him, because it's a great testimony, praise the Lord. And also, uh, yeah, myself personally as well, just a, a great big uh, thank you to all the youngies been um, just really great to be part of the the 21st that we did and um, and just an encouragement that if um, you know if we have people here and uh, for a reason or another that you sort of haven't attached yourself to young people for, for various reasons and we're just really encourage you to come and do so, you know, whether you're a bit younger or a bit older because, um, you know, we, there's, there's, there's a place for you and we have a great time together and, uh, and good things come from it. So um, come and be part of it. All right, I want to talk um, this afternoon um, about expectations and um, we heard about choices already today and, uh, well, expectations can help uh, drive our choices and um, we all have them. We all have expectations, different ones, various times in our life. And I want to start by opening to the book of uh, of Psalms and uh, chapter 146. And on the thought of the greatest show, um, well, we all have a very big expectation, don't we? The one that we're we're living our life for, the one we're expecting is that when Jesus Christ comes back, through the clouds as King of Kings, our expectation is that we're going to be changed and we're going to rise to meet the Lord in the air. That's the greatest expectation any of us could ever have. And all the people said, praise the Lord. Um, and I want to just start reading uh, Psalm 146, verse 5. It says, um, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help and whose hope is in the Lord his God. And it gives a formula for happiness. It says if our expectation and our hope, if we're in that position where we know God and that's where our expectation is, that uh, that our hope and our help comes from God, well then that's a formula for happiness. And when you get talking to people in life, as we all do, about, you know, through all kinds of associations, whether it's work, whether it's someone who lives next door to us or talk to someone down the street or a shopping centre or whatever conversation we're having, when when you, when you get talking to people about what makes them happy or what, what people really hope for in life, a lot of the time it is just simply to be happy. You know, I just want to be happy. And we know people go about all kinds of ways to bring that about in their life, interests, pursuits, all kinds of things, just to be happy. And God is encouraging us that if our help and our hope is in Him then we will be happy. Maybe not a a superficial happiness, but a real joy inside. That's what what it's telling us. And every now and then, you know, we've got to hit hit the reset button about where where our hope and where our our help actually lies because we have influence on us all the time, don't we, from all kinds of sources, this world and so on, to tell us, put your hope here, put your expectation, set, set your help over here and... Um, sometimes when we do that, and maybe we don't realise it, it takes away some of our, our joy, some of our happiness. But the, the Bible's telling us if that is where our where our hope and our help is, and then happiness is there. Expectations. We have them of other people. And um, sometimes when they're of other people, we got the bar up here. And when it comes to the expectation we place on ourself, sometimes we set it pretty low or maybe we can do the reverse, maybe we can set it too high and we're too hard on ourselves. I, um, I remember being uh, a lad, uh, probably 12, 13 years old and I was playing a bit of um, like club cricket at that time and um, uh, I used to, uh, for any of the people here that know a little bit about cricket, I was a, I was a, I was a bowler and um, if you know about it, the way you hold the seam on a cricket ball in certain weather may, makes the ball swing and uh, I didn't know a lot about it and um, someone had said I knew how to bowl and I don't know how much I did but um, there was this sort of expectation from my team and we had this big game it was club cricket, a lot of people there and I got to open the bowling so I had this huge expectation on myself and I bowled my first ball down the pitch with all these people expecting everything and the ball swung about a metre off of the stump and the umpire just calls a wide straight away and oh okay, first ball I ended up doing that for five balls in a row (laughs) I was almost in tears and this, this pressure and expectation I'd built on myself and, and what I thought the team had on me and everything, it was, um, you know, it was heavy and we can do that to ourselves. But, you know, our expectation, it's really in God and God also has an expectation of us, of his people. God has an expectation. And, um, just a couple of sayings. If you, um, if you have a look when it comes to expectation in you and, and again you, you start having to look around on the internet and stuff like that there's a there's a few quotes that says the best way to avoid disappointment is not to expect anything from anyone it sounds a bit harsh doesn't it but sometimes people have an outlook like that in life um william shakespeare said expectation is the root of all heartache <laughs> <laughs> and um you know it sounds like a bit of a i don't know not the happiest way to live life if we can't place expectation in anything but we can in our god because uh like the Bible tells us, there's no variableness, there's no shadow of turning in God, he doesn't change. He's constant, he's reliable. And um, I can remember before I uh, came along to this fellowship, uh, before I'd had my own experience of being baptised. I was already spirit-filled at that time, but uh, I hadn't been baptised. I wasn't looking to the Lord or walking with the Lord. I actually set my hope in the fact that, uh, that maybe that there wouldn't be a God, so I wouldn't be answerable. That was sort of my thinking. And living my life that way, Um, It just moved me further from happiness. The last thing it actually brought me was happiness, was putting my expectation and my hope in something else. Um, Just back in Psalms, uh, Psalm chapter 37, if you want to turn back a a few chapters there. Verse 4, it says, "'Delight thyself also in the Lord, "'and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart.'" And commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And um, prior to myself being baptised, this was something that I really wasn't convinced of, or I, I, I didn't know whether I could believe this. You know, but uh, I guess maybe like many of us, you set your desire, your heart's desire, in doing whatever maybe felt good at the time. And um, if we were shown something like this, we didn't know whether we could whether that would actually be the case for our life, that God, if we set our life, if we set our affection in him, that he was going to give us the things we really wanted. And um, for a lot of us, uh, I know, again, for me, it was just some basic things. I wanted to know when I left this, even from quite a young age, that when it came to the end of my natural life, whenever that was, um, I'd known some people who had, uh, you know, uh, tragically died younger and so on, and... And I wanted to know, well, what did my life mean? And, and, and what could I really believe and trust about my life? Did it matter? All those things. And I didn't want, um, somebody else to answer that for me. I didn't want to, to have to believe a, you know, a religion or a, or, or a church. I wanted to know if God, if God was there, if he could show that to me. And God is, and that's exactly what happened. The desire of my heart was for that peace. And I'm sure many other people here as well and um and that's what god says the formula is when we commit our life when we're obedient to him he'll give us all the things that are going on here and uh, and sometimes in here and he'll give us a piece about it and he'll uh, he'll show us a way um back to another psalm psalm chapter 9 Psalm 9, verse 18. It says, um, For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. You know, one of the... Again, when you get talking to people, I know in the office and so on at work, sometimes you get the opportunity to, to say a bit about what you've done on the weekend or something you're involved in and what God's doing in your life. And one of the first questions people often put forward is "If if, if God's here... Why are there so many things? Why are there so many terrible things happening in the world that are happening today? And the Bible tells us that, look, you know there's theres there's people that get put in situations that um like it talks about here, the poor and the needy, where maybe they never chose their life to be in that circumstance, they never chose to be born into that situation or that background, and it's saying that, look, there's a time coming. It won't always be the way where there seems to be injustice, where it seems to be, you know, where, where the poor and the needy have an expectation cut off. God is saying, as we know, that one day His Son's gonna come back. The greatest show. And when He does, the expectation, uh, that the world won't be the way it is now. It'll be a perfect government. It'll be ruled and reigned by Jesus Christ. And, um, and we can have an expectation, anybody can, that they can be part of that if we're prepared to just do it God's way. We can be part of it. Romans chapter 8 I want to turn there Paul was certainly a man that could uh, write about many many things through experience through his life prior to being converted and also the amazing calling that he had once he was converted and um in Romans 8, verse 18, this is, uh, I guess, his summary of uh, the, his, the own, his own things that he experienced and went through. Uh, here's this word, reckon, again, that we heard about uh, earlier today. It says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul knew what was coming. He says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God it's um it's a it's, it sounds a little bit uh, I don't know it's a bit, bit hard to understand I suppose in verse 19 but what it really means is the whole creation that God has made is earnestly expecting it's it's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God it's waiting for this moment when the Creator the Son of God is going to come back and he's gonna and things are going to be changed and, and in the um in the greek there the earnest expectation if, if the word for it, it literally means like um like if you're on a fence and you're straining your neck out over to see it's saying the whole creation is is in a stretched out waiting for this event this event when jesus christ is going to come back and the sons of god are going to be changed and um it's an incredible time that we're waiting for. And then it says, uh, it goes on and it keeps reading uh, so, uh, Reading here in verse 20, it says, um, For the creature was made, and we if we think about creation, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subject the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Uh, we think about, we looked at Genesis today, but, you know, when uh, Adam and Eve disobeyed God, One of the things God did was he cursed the ground because of that disobedience and um, we know that won't be the case when God comes back and it goes on and it says in verse 23 and not only they but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body it's um it's this great expectation of this time and you know our even our world knows something's coming they do, you know. I mean, every second movie that you uh, that gets released these days is some kind of, uh, you know, natural disaster or the, you know, uh, a story of war of the well going to be blown up. There's this anticipation, even though it's done in a form of entertainment, that something's coming. You walk through the shopping centre and you get someone tap you on the shoulder and say, "There's a, a save the whales campaign or a save the reef campaign." Or uh, who's who's ever been tapped for one of those? There's lots of them around. Yet lots of hands going up. And the world knows that there's something there's something wrong with it as it is in its natural state, and um, you know people people don't know what to do about it. And uh, and of course that's why God's commissioned us. That's why God has filled us with the Holy Ghost, the power to be able to go out and um, and tell people of hope. And people uh, actually last night at the twenty first night for those that were there, there was a young sister there, Shana. Who gave her testimony and she just talked about one of the things that stood out to her was that, uh, coming along to a meeting for the first time, whoever was giving the talk or, uh, yeah, I think it was the, the preacher. They were talking about, um, death like it wasn't anything. And then she said that really bugged her, you know, that how, how could you, uh, how could you talk that way? And, um, and it's, st- and it stood out to her. And it's because, um, it's not because any of us make light of death. It's just that through our experience, through the personal experience of God we've got an absolute assurance what comes after it through God we know we don't um, we're not clutching at, at straws and, and hoping it might be this way sure we don't know all the detail but we know as God was faithful to fill us with the Holy Ghost and he looks after us and he heals us and he provides in this life he performs signs wonders and miracles as sure as he does those things we are as confident that as he says when his son is going to come back which we don't know when that is but when that happens, that if we, if we walk our best with the Lord, if we're faithful to Him, we're gonna be changed and life doesn't end there. And we, we're totally assured of that and all the people said. And it's an incredible way to go through life. We don't have to go through, you know, wondering and, and worrying and, and you know, those things come in naturally sometimes, don't they? We still get natural thoughts come in that give us a bit of fear and give us a bit of doubt, but all it is is a prayer away to get back down on our knees and pray in the Holy Ghost. And this reassurance, like nothing else this world can give, floods through us, and we're just we're just confident in our Creator, and it's a it's a, a tremendous way to go through life. Um, Proverbs chapter twenty-four, Book of Proverbs. It says in verse 13 of proverbs 24 it says my son eat thou honey because it is good who likes honey yep my father-in-law does a bit with honey it's good we get a, a, a bit of the samples every now and then which we enjoy and it says um and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste saying well we all know about honey it's a, it's, a, it's a natural thing made by the bees and it's quite tasty on your toast or having it in your as a sweetener in your drink or however you have it but it goes on and says so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it then there shall be a reward and thy expectation shall not be cut off when we uh, we know the Bible talks about in the beginning that um, that knowledge the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge begins with the fear of God, and we know it's not a uh, it's not a petrified fear. It's a respect that He is the Creator, and we want to do we want to be obedient to Him. It's it's that kind of fear, and it's saying when we've when we've found that, um, when we find the truth, that uh, we got to hold on to it. We need to hold on to it, and if we do, if we uh, if if we hold on to that knowledge, and when we've found it, we can't let it go. And if we don't let it go. It's saying our expectation, it won't ever be cut off. We'll never be in a position where we think, you know what, there's no point, there's no hope here. We will always be in a position of hope. If what we've found when we find the truth, you know, like the Bible tells us, to buy the truth and sell it not. Hold on to it with all we have because it's a way of going through life with a constant expectation, not just for ourselves, but people see in our life that when difficulties come up, we're not immune from difficulties, but when they do the way we're able to deal with them through the Holy Ghost is different. And people see it, and it becomes our testimony. And we might not even know that people are observing that in our life, but people do, because when we think about how we came to be here, I mean, uh, I know myself, uh, I was, you know, my family, uh, by the time I was 15, were all in this fellowship, and I I really, uh, at the time, I kind of despised it. But the thing that got to me is I kept observing their life. I kept observing the things they were telling me, and the way they conducted their life and that is the thing that convicted me and uh, maybe many of us here we've we came along because it wasn't just what somebody said it's what we saw and uh, there's an expectation um just maybe uh something to uh, a couple of things to finish there's a a lot here i could look at i want to i want to go to second timothy chapter chapter three i don't want to go on too long evening. it's been a been a big weekend But it's been a good weekend. And we've got many more good weekends to come, and all the people said, Amen. Alright, Second Timothy uh, chapter three, verse ten. It says um, in verse yeah, in verse ten it says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity patience this is Paul again writing to Timothy and he says persecutions and afflictions which came unto me and he talks about Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and what persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me yea and all all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution And it talks about evil men waxing worse and deceiving and being deceived but then Paul writes unto Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly, uh, perfect, freely furnished, Unto all good works, the word of God is the thing that equips us. It, it, it I mean, that that great list that we just read there about, um, you know, and about the privilege that Paul was writing to Timothy there that from a from a child you've known the Holy Scriptures. If we've if we've grown up or from a, a young age had access. To know the Bible or the teaching of the Bible or seen the lifestyle of people who live a godly life modeled to us in life, that is an incredibly privileged position because it means you've grown up with expectation in your life. It means you've grown up expecting that, hey, when I'm, when I'm sick or when something goes wrong, God is always there to pray to. God is always there to help. And for some of us, we had to discover that later on as God called us. But having, knowing the scriptures and knowing god's word it's the thing that equips us with expectation you go through something in life and as you become familiar with the word of god instead of the natural thoughts kicking in and uh, maybe we get ourselves into a bit of a worry what happens a chorus comes back into our mind and we think of the words of god maybe maybe a scripture comes back into our mind and the way we respond and the way we deal with the situation is totally different because god floods these things back into our mind um Last passage to finish on, uh, First Thessalonians, chapter 2. said about uh, God having an expectation of his people. You know, it's an incredible thing that God's trusted us with the gospel. When you think about the most important messages you've ever wanted to deliver to somebody, maybe something happens that's it's really important and it's really serious. You normally want to deliver that message yourself, don't you? You really do. You want to go and tell the person yourself to make sure that it's not lost in translation and that it doesn't come across the wrong way. We we wanna we wanna let the person know. God's entrusted us with the Holy Ghost to be his light, to be his ambassadors, to be his representatives on this earth. That's a that's a great trust. You know, he's he's equipped us to do that, but it's a it's an incredible position he's put us in um 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 um, verse uh, verse 1 it says for yourselves brethren no uh, sorry for yourselves brethren know our entrance in unto you that it was not in vain that when he's saying here when we came to you it was this wasn't of our ourselves or this wasn't for without purpose he says but even after that we had suffered before Paul writes a lot about suffering And we're shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, and we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel with much contention. It wasn't under easy circumstances. He says, For our exportation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. To be allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel... If we stop and really reflect on that, that's a, that's an amazing thing, and um, each and every one of us, if we're born again, we've got that capacity. God has entrusted you and I to be allowed to be in, to be entrusted with this gospel, to talk to people, and, and then he goes on in verse five and he says, "For neither at any time used we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness; nor of men sought we glory." neither of you nor yet of others when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ he says but we were gentle among you even as a nurse cherishes her children so being affectionately desirous of you we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only but also our own souls because you were dear unto us he's talking about the care and the nurture towards the church you know and um, we have that ability within us And we know we see people, we see it demonstrated. It's one of the great things about being in our fellowship. You know, we see people caring one for another. We see people come into our meetings. And they might come out of all kinds of backgrounds and circumstances. And the Holy Ghost drives us to have an instant care and interest in these people's lives because we want to see people's souls saved. And this is what God has entrusted us with. This is the expectation. I said it was the last scripture. I told a fib. One more. Just the thought, if we trade sometimes our expectation for appreciation, it changes a lot for us because uh, we live in a world where we are encouraged to always expect a lot of everything else and everyone else, but in the Lord, when we simply go, when we're just appreciative of what God has done for us, it changes a lot of things. It it fires us up to just to want to drive and to want to serve, and I'll quote this to finish, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 verse 18 it says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'll leave it there. Amen.